you in your chair, the chair you're sitting in right now, you have improved. You have contributed to this team. And now we're in a position to go play for a championship. And let me tell you about championships. Championships are earned. They're not given. Your opponent is going to give it to you. You have got to earn it. And you earn it with your contact. You earn it with your play, your effort, energy, and hustle. And you do it for the guy next to you. You do it for the guys wearing your uniform. You do it for your family and friends that are sitting in that stadium and they're rooting for you. It's personal. The great thing about a championship, it's one on a day. It's You can't go back. It's this time. You're going to play for a championship in this afternoon, in this evening. What a wonderful thing. All the things that you put yourself in position to achieve are right here in front of you. And you get it done today. I'm Les Miles, and this is Less is More. Hailing from uh, the the cold winter state of Michigan, uh, the great uh, quarterback John Wangler's with us, number number five, and uh, the queen of the Less Is More um, podcast is Smacker Miles, and she's with us today, and and we're going to be cutting it up and getting after uh, getting after some picks and uh, enjoying our time. Uh, uh, welcome, John. Welcome, uh, Smacker Do. Thanks. Hey, Happy Coach. To be here. The uh, the first uh, topic will be the uh, the two great teams from Alabama, Auburn and the University of Alabama, uh, played in the Iron Bowl, and uh, it was uh, as uh, represented. It was going to be a great game. And uh, what did you guys think? I got to catch uh, most of the second half um, after the Michigan game, and. Uh, I was uh, thoroughly impressed with what uh, Auburn did. That was nothing short of spectacular. And, uh, you know, I believe I called that game last week, that Auburn would beat Alabama. And uh, I, uh, I, it was a great game. It was everything as advertised. And for them to go and, and beat Alabama uh, like that, it, was, uh, it, it says something about where Auburn is and how they've just gotten better all season long. I'll be completely willing to admit how extremely wrong I was about that game. But I watched the whole thing, and it was a great game. It was a lot of fun to watch. And really, you could tell it was two strong SEC teams playing in what would be a typical SEC West battle. And Alabama had all the chances to keep it close or stay in it or get tied up down the stretch, and they they couldn't capitalize on any of it. And so – it was interesting seeing that Alabama team as frustrated as they were, and it just shows you that it can happen to anyone. And it'll be a very interesting last few weeks in SEC championship considering the fact that I think that Alabama and Auburn are probably two of the best four teams in the country. I agree with you, Smacker. The, uh, if, if you uh, were to look at that, the uh, 
the Auburn head coach was so fired up to be in front of the Jordan Hare, which is his home stadium, and playing as well as they did. I just want you to know there was little chance that Alabama could have could have over um, taken over that uh, that tidal wave of momentum that was created by the by the venue Jordan Hare. Um, that was a great defense by um, Auburn. It was a great. It was just what they needed offensively. They made they made the throws when they needed to, and you know, frankly, they uh, the Alabama team could not rush the football. I mean, they they had to use the quarterback. Seventeen carries, eighty yards. They rushed for two hundred yards, but they never really got Bo Scarborough going. And uh, it's uh, you know the uh, the Auburn team playing at home is a dynamic uh, club. And but you know it's going to be interesting, just like you talked about the uh, future. Auburn will have to play, and I know I'm getting the cart before the horse. Auburn will have to play. Georgia in the conference championship, and Auburn has already defeated Georgia and had some uh, some uh, words for how they defeated Georgia. The head coach uh, for Auburn said that we beat the dog out of those bulldogs. Or, and and then he also used a uh, a uh, another um, term that will be, I'm sure, plastered all over that Georgia locker room. The I think that Georgia team will uh, be ready to play and play best against Auburn. I if if I have to pick right now, I'm picking Georgia. Well, uh, I'm picking Auburn. And, uh, I'm picking Auburn. I picked so Auburn last week. Against them, you got to you got to understand. I, I picked Auburn last week. Okay, so I know what's happening. This is the the I'm playing you again. This is. I'm going I was to talk. Say, you're picking Georgia just because of that. I'm picking Georgia for one reason. They're going to come in so hyped, and you have to understand they're playing in. Where do you think they're playing? Atlanta, well, Atlanta, right? Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. It's their home. It's yeah. going to be their home venue. I promise you. Every team that I went, I played Georgia twice there, and I played Tennessee once there. When you played Georgia there, it was their home game. It was their home game. So I'm just letting you know. Uh, the, the Georgia team will come. The Kirby will get them ready to go. They'll 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 have enough. This Jake Fromm will will uh, set it up and go, and 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 I bet you. So I bet you. I bet you a nickel. That's a great point. Yeah, that that is a difference maker, no doubt. Hey, coach. I was just wondering if there is a team that you wish you had met up with more during your tenure at um, LSU or any of your schools. Uh, as a Clemson fan, I was always hoping that we get to play you guys more. The Chick-fil-A Bowl in 2012 was one of my favorite games ever. Um, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Thanks. As I as I look at the college playoffs, I get excited about seeing how well like the uh, Oklahoma team's playing, the Clemson team's playing. Um, we played Miami. We played Clemson. We played Notre Dame. We played Oregon. Then obviously we played in the West. We played Alabama and, and the Auburn team. I, there were, there probably is some teams I would like to have played more, but uh, I think I'd have had a difficult time lining up lining up against my alma mater, Michigan. I, I don't think that that would have made me happy in any way. But if I was looking to play somebody more, I'd like to see Alabama again. I just so I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to put it down just yet. (laughs) 
Hey, Coach, you got a few more questions this week from Twitter. I've really been impressed with Daryl Williams recently and think his style can really translate to the NFL. Compare and contrast his and Geis' running style and how each will do in the NFL. Thanks. I think Daryl Williams is a bright player. I think he's a big, strong, physical man. I think he runs 4'6". He does not have necessarily blazing speed, but he is very capable and will play a long time in the NFL. He has uh, got good ball skills, and he is a tremendously competitive man. So I think uh, that uh, for a big back, a 230-pound back, he has uh, um, the ability to do a number of things in the uh, in an NFL offense. Uh, Darius Geis has rare speed. He, uh, he gets in front. He can outrun the pack, and it's a— I would say that his speed would be high four fours legitimately, and at two twenty four or two twenty five, one of the strongest men on the team, if not the strongest pound for pound, and uh, he is a violent um, competitor. He when he takes the ball, he wants to run into. He ideally he'd like to run over eleven guys and then score. He doesn't want to make you miss too much. He definitely wants to hit you. But I think both are, are guys that will play a long time in the NFL. And, and I think that uh, Darius has the potential to be a very special back in the NFL. Hey, Coach, which conference championship game are you most looking forward to? I can't pick one. There's just really not a chance that I can pick one. I want to see the Wisconsin-Ohio State game. I think you have an undefeated Wisconsin team. It'll be playing lights out as best they can. Uh, they had a big back. It's a true freshman, a big offensive line, a great defense. Um, not necessarily a great secondary, but a great defense in a secondary that plays um, to the strengths um, that they have. Um, I think that that's going to be a great game because I think Ohio State's as talented as any. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, factors and then I'm picking uh, the Georgia team over um, Auburn, and the reason I am is it's very difficult to play a team twice in the same year and then have that Auburn team beat that Georgia team during the regular season, and then have to see them after the head coach said we beat the dog out of those Bulldogs, and we beat the piss out of those dogs. I mean, I'm just telling you, I think that that, that Georgia team will be fired up, and that'll be a a uh, a crowd that will be very, very partisan to the Georgia team, and I think that the motivation will also be very, very partisan for that Georgia team. Coach, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Well, it's very simple, okay? Considering that I like horses much more than I like ducks, and I'd hate to have to kill horses, but I want you to know a hundred duck-sized horses, that would be a mess. That would be, I mean, that would be an absolute mess. I'd I'd hate to hurt the dang things. This big duck, I think that would be a blast. I'm not a big hunter guy. I've been duck hunting about twice, and those animals are 
vile animals, and and they do not play fair. They cheat. They they climb. They they try not to get shot. And uh, I, uh, I I I can I can I can get some anxiety built up around uh, attacking these ducks. So uh, yeah, I, I personally I think horses are have a good strong use in our society and and ducks i don't know what the hell ducks are good for (laughs) could you highlight how your recruitment process of a player usually works it really kind of depends geographically where that player is and um and, and how effectively you can get him to your campus because you know the New Orleans guys, we would get up the road very effectively. And the uh, guys right in the Baton Rouge area, some people in Texas um, is as far away from as Houston. Um, we could get some Tennessee um, players to come see us. And uh, um, how this thing works is you introduce your team, your players, your philosophy, and um, you turn to him and his mother and his father and his brother and his sister and his girlfriend, and you say, this is how you fit. This is how you would see your son play. This is how your son would, would continue to get ahead as an example. Uh, we would graduate easily in the 70 percentile, and that would be the, the very strong understanding that your son would get a degree. And then we would be would be specific to his interest if he was interested in business or if he was interested in in pre-med or whatever he wanted to study you know we would have him meet that that professor in that field of study and if you're a great player that we are comfortable playing freshman and you have to come in with the idea that that's something that you want to do and to those very special players like uh like Pat Peterson or um, the, the great uh, Honey Badger, or Tyrone Matthew. It was an opportunity for those guys to come in, play as true freshmen. And that is a opportunity to play is certainly a key piece to their view of college. Nobody wants to come and sit and watch and then, and, and really seldom, if any, want to redshirt. So, um, we would want to tell the truth and describe their earliest playing time opportunity as we would see it. And uh, I uh, enjoyed recruiting, always enjoyed meeting people. There are always uh, similarities. I can remember a, uh, a uh, grandfather who uh, drove a truck. My father was in, in, in trucking, and I had some experiences being around that. And I also had uh, a, uh, a father that was in the service, so if I came uh, across a family that had a service background, I it was very comfortable. But we would care for the people more than anything, and we would enjoy them, and we would laugh and become a part of their family, and they would become a part of our family. We enjoy the people, and we're going to we're going to meet you with a smile. We're going to feed you good. We're gonna we're gonna present the best that the that the university has to offer. We would 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 love to host a world class student, show him a world class education and a football program that would want to strike the very highest levels in college competitions. So uh, uh, 
to win championships. So that's that's kind of how we would uh, kind of look at uh, the opportunity to recruit most guys. I was a young coach. I was coaching for um, Bill McCartney and, uh, at the University of Colorado. And we were spring of the year. And I was going around. I'd uh, been to Oceanside High School several times. Uh, Junior Seau was, was also from that uh, school. Um, but they had a, uh, a uh, point guard, safety, and he ran track. And this guy named Charles Demery. I had gone to his basketball game. I watched him play point, and the uh, ball came, bounced past. He took it up and slammed it. And uh, it was a tomahawk slam. I was the only college coach in the gym that watched it. And I said, that's it. I, that's that kind of explosion, that kind of speed up and down the court. And I said, okay, if I can get him, I'm taking him. So I went recruiting and, and uh, met dad and, and they had a wonderful family. And uh, Charles says, I'm coming. I am just as thrilled as I can be. He's going to definitely go to Colorado, which is where I was at and where Bill McCartney was at. So he was going to sign and fax the papers in. The night before, he uh, he called into the football office and he said, I need to speak to Coach Miles. And I said, sure. And I went, hey, Charles, what's going on? He said, I've given thought to it and uh, I think I'm going to go to UNLV. I said, wait a minute. You're a good student. You're somebody who, who, who values education and athletics. And you gave me your word. There's nobody in a academic setting that would have compared UNLV to Colorado. I mean, you're taken second in academics. Charles said, well, then I'll take second in academics. I said, Charles, it would be like you were getting a degree from out of the country, say Mexico. He said, looks like I'm going to be living in Mexico for my career. I was knocked down. So next spring, we have spring ball, and then we go spring recruiting, and I, I go out in San Diego and then go on over to Oceanside. And uh, the, the uh, head football coach said, well, Coach Miles, he said, Charles Demery's girlfriend had gotten a scholarship in theater to UNLV. I said, so that was the determining factor. And uh, he says, have you met Charles's girlfriend? I said, no. And he says, you just hang on a second. And she is absolutely delightful. She had a big smile, great looking, just a great perspective. I think I'd have made that decision too. I think that was, I think that was the right decision at the right time. And uh, I wish them the best. Okay, let's move to the game that John got to be at this weekend, the Ohio State-Michigan game. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, you know, we go up 14 nothing, and uh, we got all the momentum. Uh, they throw a pass down there that looked like an uh, easy pick, and we, we dropped it. Uh, and they end up going in to score then, and then the tide changed. And then the second half, we knock out JT Barrett, and uh, you think they got their second-team quarterback in there and that we could uh, – 
we could dominate the action, get the momentum back, and he goes in there and uh, and makes some plays, and uh, we end up losing. And it was a uh, a frustrating afternoon. Uh, it was uh, some a game that was very winnable for Michigan, and uh, we didn't capitalize and we didn't get it done in the end, uh, and that uh, that hurts because we have. Uh, you know, I felt the last two years that we were a better team than Ohio State, and Ohio State has found a way to, to win uh, both years. And uh, it's uh, a difficult uh, pill to swallow. And we, we had our chances, and we just couldn't capitalize. Uh, we made way too many mistakes down the, down the stretch. Um, our defense played pretty darn well, but uh, that second half, Ohio State moved the ball and got first downs when they needed to. And, and got the clock, and uh, we just weren't in a position to, to pull that game out. We didn't make enough plays in the end, and that's, uh, that's what got us. When, when you're up 14-0, it's, it's a time to take it to 21. It's, it's a time to score, to keep the momentum, and recognize that you have to keep the momentum. Um, the, uh, it's interesting, Barrett, on the sideline in the postgame, you had Urban Meyer saying, hey, I want a thorough investigation. Who was on the sideline? Who my quarterback ran into? Apparently, he ran into somebody's um, uh, a, a cameraman that had a camera. And what Urban Meyer's point was is that the the the, the uh, sideline was so convoluted that the um, cameraman could, had no place to go to get out of the way, and therefore cost. Ohio State, J.T. Barrett, thank goodness that freshman quarterback came in and just picked it up and threw balls. And he was, we recruited him a year ago, and we knew that he was a very talented, very talented quarterback. So, uh, well, let, let, let me clarify that, okay? Because number one, um, the sidelines were no more crowded than usual, and J.T. Barrett was warming up outside of the designated area, okay? And he played pretty well that first half, and he ran the ball pretty well. It didn't look like there were any effects of, of that situation. Uh, I'm not defending uh, anything. It was an accident, but he was warming up outside of his designated area. So, um, to, you know, to make a big issue about that after the game, uh, okay, uh, that's fine. But, uh, again, you know, he's responsible to have his players warm up in their designated area, and he didn't. And, then, you know, there were no ill effects that first half of the way he ran the football. He ran the football pretty darn well. So, again, you know, okay. Yeah, you're right. In other words, is it, a, uh, is it just coaching talk? Is it just something to, 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 to set the edge uh, a little yeah, bit? Yeah, that's know? what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was gamesmanship, right? That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, that's exactly what okay? it was. Okay, I mean, it's the same thing when we were down there. Um, when uh, we, we were down there, I think it was one of the coach cars last year's, and, you know, when we got off the bus, they had the dogs there, and they searched every Michigan player going into the locker room with their dogs and, and their duffel bags. Uh, you know, really, that was that was necessary. That never happens. No, or that's correct. When we, were, when we were down there, when I and I played, and I think you coached in a couple of those games, when they turned the water off at the hotel uh, Saturday morning of the game, three years in a row in Columbus. I mean, okay. <laughs> Nobody okay. shaved. We just went into the stadium yeah. without shaving and kicked their butt, as I recall, John. Yeah, three years down there, uh, 
you know, it seems like a distant memory the way it's gone lately. But yeah, we did get them three years, three times in a row uh, there in the in the late '70s and early '80s. To have senior classes go through there without ever beating the Buckeyes is uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, it's uh, it just it's never the way it was, and we all grew up and in, in played in a different era. But uh, the one thing Bo promised everybody was that they would. Uh, win at least one Big Ten championship uh, in four years and uh, in, uh, graduate from the University of Michigan. And, and he, uh, he pretty much kept all of his promises. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's been tough to see guys go through there when you don't get to beat your rival at least one time in your four years. It's, it's, it's just not, not the way it's supposed to be. No. Speaking of tough pills to swallow, let's talk about the Miami upset at Pitt. Wangs. You... Uh, my 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 canes my my canes did not <laughs> did not show up. Uh, you know, uh, on any given uh, Saturday, right? At uh, Pitt. Pitt. At cold. Pittsburgh's been known. At cold uh, weather Pitt. At cold weather Pitt, and you, and it reminds me of when they got West Virginia uh, a few years back, right? And uh, so you know the canes they they got to beat Clemson. And uh, you know to have uh, to get to the Final Four, and so uh, yeah, I did not see this one coming. And uh, yeah, you come up there and you're not quite ready to play, or you're looking ahead, whatever the situation was. They didn't, uh, they did not get it done. So now they're back against the wall. And so, Dad, from a coaching standpoint, you've coached teams that were the underdog, and this Pitt team is not even bowl eligible, even with the win over Miami. So you're coaching a team that's not having a great year, but you are able to upset the number two team in the country. How do you think they could pull that off? It's really interesting because if you looked at uh, Miami, Miami did not play. They kind of rose up to play Notre Dame. You, Notre Dame was a big, that was the Catholics versus the convicts too, and they were going to play hard. And But, you know, I watched them against North Carolina, and they didn't play hard at all. And the quarterback was very average in terms of his his uh, completion percentage and certainly his accuracy. His accuracy was terrible. And so, you know, they they let a North Carolina team that's, that's not very good stay in it with them, and you could just see the difference in the team. Um, when they showed up against Notre Dame, they were – they were live wires, and when they go to a cold weather climate, play in an evening game in Pittsburgh, I promise you, they have a different they have a different feel when they when they leave the locker room, because those cats are used to warm weather. They're uh, not a uh, a team that, that you want to take on the road and play in cold weather climates. Just don't want to and. They're going to have to the, – the, the tough thing for, for Clemson, this was exactly what needed to happen. Should um, Miami have defeated um, and somehow won, they would, they would not be um, just, you know, tremendously motivated for the Clemson game. But now having lost to uh, Pittsburgh, they're going to be fired up for that, uh, that uh, Clemson game, and that's going to be the best – that will be a much better – uh, much more competitive game than it should Miami have beaten um, uh, the uh, 
Pittsburgh team because Miami then would not be fired up, not have the momentum, and it would be different. I would agree with that. Yep. Yeah, I think Clemson. I think Clemson gets to Charlotte much easier than uh, than Miami. And I want you to know, Miami financially, they may not be jumping on planes and 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 getting there. You know what I'm saying? In other words, their fan base may not just. You know, they may be. I'll watch it on TV and stay right here in uh, in this uh, warm weather of Florida. Yeah, well, and their fan base, I think, less is. Um smaller than Clemson for sure. I think they're much smaller. It's a much it, smaller school. It'll be it'll be a very interesting I, I would I I've I've I am down for picking Clemson as we are. Um but it'll be a mu- it'll be a much better game. You know, because of the yeah. Pittsburgh that'll wake them up they'll say and, and I'm sure Mark Rick will do a great job in coaching, getting them getting them aware, hey you go win this thing, you win a conference championship, we're still maybe in the playoffs. Moving on to the playoff scenarios, we got a lot of them, and uh, we'll kind of run through those and then talk about uh, if things go according to plan, which they never do, how it may shake out. Looks like Clemson at 11-1 uh, obviously is a uh, leading contender. Uh, they play Miami in the AC Championship. Oklahoma at 11-1, they face TCU in the Big 12 Championship. Wisconsin, undefeated Wisconsin, faces Ohio State in the Big 10 Championship. Auburn, 10 and 2, you're going to face Georgia in the SEC Championship. Alabama, 11 and 1, are going to sit this weekend out, and so they'll have to wait. Okay, let's go one at a time. Let's talk about those things. The TCU OU game is much more difficult than it appears because this TCU team has faced them before, and mm-hmm. it's a it's it's a that that I am I am. Um, I am defeated, but I am looking forward to playing you again. And they're going to have that that revenge factor. And in mm-hmm. the uh, but I don't think it's going to make much difference. I'm with you. I think OU will, will beat TCU and you. Well, I I think I'm, I got I got to stay on my uh, OU uh, bandwagon. But there's a statistic right about playing teams a second time after you've beat them during the regular season, playing them again in a playoff that definitely favors the team that lost the initial game. I mean, it's a, it's a high percentage that those guys end up coming back and winning. That is correct. Yep. So that's the uh, – but this is – you would see this as a uh, championship game, and you would have to think that the, the, the motive and the, the revenge factor – for TCU would be big, but I just don't see them. I don't see um, them affecting. I think that the interesting thing about Baker Mayfield is he has been attacked. He understands talking crap, and you know what? He's ready to play. It don't make any difference. We're gonna go. We're gonna go light him up. And I just I like that yeah. attitude. I think it motivates him, and uh, we saw that on on Saturday when he came out and had a big three quarters there. Uh, so, how about our the ACC championship? Les? Clemson and Miami. I, I got to buy Clemson for all the for all the right reasons. I think uh, I think the uh, I think Charlotte is the Clemson stomping ground. I think Clemson's been there before. I like their defense. I like how they play offense. I think that they're going to be. Re- I don't think they're going to be out personnel by Miami. 
and uh, I uh, I take Clemson in that uh, in that matchup. As much as this pains me to go against my Canes, I I, I think I'd have to agree. Uh, the, where the venue is, I think uh, talent-wise, uh, Clemson is superior, and um, the momentum that Miami has. But I do agree that there'll be more motivation after that loss to Pitt. But I still think probably in the end, uh, Clemson will get them. But it's going to be a whale of a game. So I would not be surprised to see the Canes, the Canes and their chain. Uh, rise up. I agree. I agree. That'll be a great game to watch. Yep. SEC championship. Okay. We got Auburn and we got Georgia. I am already on the the docket for Georgia, and I'm and I'm doing it for one reason. The you must. I don't care how happy you are at the post game. I don't care what you you know what you just won. If you have a chance to play that team again, including next year, you be careful what you say, because that coach he he gave them some Gus Malzahn gave them some bulletin board. They, they talked about you know you know whooping the dog, and we whooping the dog out of him, and we beat the this out of him, and and that will be all that that uh, Kirby Smart and that Georgia team needs. I think that they come in motivated and win. Well, I think uh, that's good for one series or two series, right? In my opinion, look, at that's great stuff to talk about, but after you get your, you, you know, that first hit or get punched in the nose, uh, I think that goes away. I think Auburn's momentum, the big thing to me is can they, can they come off this huge win against Alabama and get up again uh, to beat them? I think that's going to be the, the real challenge. But I'm going I'm to stick with Auburn on this one. But, again, uh, I can see this, you know, Georgia's a great team and they've done a great job there, and uh, I would not be surprised to see them, you know, winning. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Auburn in this one. Gotcha. Then we got the uh, – Wisconsin Badgers, undefeated Wisconsin Badgers, coming in against the Buckeyes in Indianapolis. So, how do you see it? I find this is a really, really interesting game, and they, uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, the 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 Ohio State Buckeyes showed their abilities at quarterback. They, they took J.T. Barrett out, and they brought in a true freshman. Freshman made great throws. Um, even I think he got a didn't he get a scoring touchdown on a, on a uh, he on did a, on he a made a great sneak. scramble to get in yeah he did yeah. okay so um, it's and so it's going to be interesting to see what difference that the Ohio State Buckeye personnel looks to be compared to Wisconsin but I think Wisconsin will play awfully hard I think they'll do they'll give I think it's going to be a great game and. As much as I hate to say it, I'm I lean towards the Ohio State Buckeyes. So, uh, um, but I think I'm going to I think I think I'm having difficulty picking the Ohio State team over an undefeated Wisconsin team. So I'm going to I'm going to give the motivation to Wisconsin, and I'm going to I'm going to stay back with Wisconsin. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not taking the personnel uh, that Ohio State has. I'm 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 taking. Wisconsin wants in the college playoffs. I'm with you on this one. Ever, having seen both teams live the last two weeks, um, I'm picking Wisconsin. 
I think they've been the Rodney Dangerfield of college football this year. Um, they got a great offensive line. They got some really good running backs. They got a quarterback who makes plays, and uh, he seems to have settled down and is throwing the ball to the, the right colored jerseys these last few weeks down the stretch. Uh, and they're much better defensively than I thought. And I, so I, I, I'm picking Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, obviously, Ohio State is Ohio State. They're very, very talented, and they've been there before, as has Wisconsin. But uh, I, uh, I'm picking Wisconsin as well. I think they uh, have so much to prove. They have a little chip on their shoulder. Uh, they have not gotten the respect nationally or in the conference probably that they really should. And uh, Paul Chris has done an unbelievable job there. So I'm, I'm going to go with Wisconsin in, a, in another great game, in my opinion. Never have they been 12-0. and How about that one, John? No. Never been 12-0. and that's, that's pretty strong. Great year for Paul yep. Christ. Great, uh, and I agree with you. I think that defense is going to play great. I, I, I think that Ohio State will have a difficult time running the football. I think they're going to have to throw the football to beat them. And I think Wisconsin will be able to rush the football against Ohio State. So it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a heck of a game. Yep. Yep. So moving on, um, can you figure out any scenario where uh, Central Florida gets a spot? Um, and if, if they don't, is that a uh, indicative of this format? Do we got to go to eight teams or six teams? Uh, you know, given that there's probably, there could be a multiple two-loss uh, Power 5 team get in, uh, what do you think, Les? Do you think ultimately we're going to have to expand it to give a UCF, you know, a shot? Or like last year, Western Michigan was undefeated. You know, because those teams, you know, realistically probably are not going to get uh, the votes that they need to get in. Not only the votes, they're not good enough. I mean, as much as I hate to admit it, they, they're not as good as the Power Five conference teams that are playing for conference championships. They just aren't. And so it's going to be an interesting thing. I'm, I'm for expansionism because, you know, it gets those two teams a chance to play, get, give, them, give them a round, and then, and then put them against the number one teams in the, in the brackets and, 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 let's, and let's see how they fare. If they win there, they can, at that point in time, they can make their, their, own, their own road. So I, uh, I'm an expansionist, right. and, I'm, and I'm, for, I'm for adding to, and I think that this is a – a quality team, you know, Coach Frost doing a great job. But I just – you can't compare them with a Clemson or a Miami or a Oklahoma or it's just a different they're, – they're playing different teams week in and week out. Well, and they could rise up to beat a team like that every now and then. But if you have to go through the schedule, uh, SEC West schedule, Big Ten East schedule, right – it's a different story, you know, and that, that's you know, over the course of time just because of, you know, the amount of athletes they have, uh, it, would, it would be difficult for them, you know, to, to line up week in and week out in a Power Five conference. Here's the next, here's, here's the next one. So we're for, I'm for expansion. I think you are as well, John. <clears throat> I am as well. I'm an expansionist. Right. Um, the next piece is, does Alabama get in when Georgia beats Auburn? That's a great call. That's a great call. There'll be a lot of chirping if that happens. 
It's a one-loss uh, Alabama team that was number one team all year long, lost the last game at the Iron Bowl away, played a very mm-hmm. good Auburn team, but lost late in the year, and now Auburn loses to Georgia. So their team mm-hmm. that, that beat them won't definitely not make the playoffs. And Georgia, it's Georgia and Alabama. Who makes the playoffs? Does the conference champion go in front of Alabama, or does Alabama sit it out and watch? Well, that's what happened last year in the Big Ten, okay, when they took Ohio State instead of Penn State, right? Same thing happened. So I I think there's certain schools like Alabama, like Ohio State, that they're going to get the benefit of the doubt and get every advantage when you come down to And whether it's unspoken or spoken or unsaid or however you want to say it, they're always going to be perceived maybe a half a notch higher, even though Georgia has a great program or even though, you know, Penn State has a great program. You know what I'm saying? It's a different, and maybe it's human nature, but it seems that those teams are always getting the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I'm not saying it's fair. But, well, uh, so, so, John, what do you think the top four are? I think, that, I think if you win a conference championship, I think after going through you know, the SEC or the ACC or the Big Ten, I think you deserve to be in the Final Four or the Big 12. I, I, I do. So if OU wins it, then they're in. If Clemson wins it, then they're in. Or Miami wins it, they're in. Uh, if, if Auburn wins it, or Georgia, I think they're in. Wisconsin, then they're in. Now, Wisconsin loses, okay, so then you, okay, is, is Alabama next in line? Strength, it could become strength uh, of schedule then, and then you say if Wisconsin yeah. loses to Ohio State, Ohio State's not in, but Wisconsin is, can be out, and Alabama can be in. Correct. But, and, if, but, but if, you could also make the hey, less. Go ahead. You could also make the case this has been a, a, a more of a down year in the SEC. It has, right? No so, doubt. So strength of schedule is not; they're not all automatically going to win the strength of schedule battle. Mm-hmm. That's the. Uh, this is where the eye test part of it comes in. If Georgia mm-hmm. goes, Wisconsin stays undefeated, Clemson beats Miami. And Oklahoma beats TCU. There's your four, and Alabama's not in. There's your four, correct? There's wow. your four. I agree with that. And Alabama's. Yeah. How about that one? Who would have? Who would have thunk it that Alabama would be out? Who would have thunk it? I, uh, yeah. I I think. The, well, and again, that's going to be all the more reason, right, for the clamoring to go to six or eight. I mean, that's. Yeah, can you imagine UCF uh, facing a uh, once-beaten Alabama team at, in this scenario, um, where they they where they they're left out, and then they're coming in? Oh my goodness, that UCF team! Good luck. We've already covered the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, and the SEC. The only one we haven't talked about is the Pac-12 championship: Stanford Cardinals versus the USC Trojans. SC's favored by two and a half points less, and they've won four in a row since uh, 
since Notre Dame got them, and uh, and Stanford beat Notre Dame handily last week. USC beat Stanford 42-24 the second week of the season. And then Stanford's been pretty hot since then, losing only to Washington State. And uh, so how do you see this one coming out? Mm. This is a tough one, in my opinion. I think the uh, – I like Sam Darnold. I like uh, I like the uh, I like the speed of the USC team. I like the uh, powerful strength and that and the great running back that Stanford has. Um, I think the comparison of of uh, schedule, the looking at the Notre Dame loss and win is not not necessarily a uh, a significant factor here. Um, mm-hmm. I. Uh, I'm 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 picking and buying USC stock because I believe that their talent is superior and they'll get that defense ready to tackle. If they get that defense ready to tackle, they'll beat Stanford. I'm going to go with you on this one. I just think um, they kind of got woke up this year. There were high hopes in the beginning, uh, you know, championship-type hopes, uh, Final Four-type hopes, and – it didn't work out, and uh, I think they finally woke up. And again, if they can tackle and, and stop that back, uh, I think Sam Darnold. This will be his probably going away party here, and uh, I think he'll come up big. And uh, I'm, I'm buying USC as well. Your, your Tigers last finished up strong this season. Uh, they dominated A&M at home, 45-21. And, uh, you know, they started slow 3-2, and two, including a loss to Troy, and they finished up 9-3. and three. Uh, They had one of their most balanced games of the year, putting up 350 yards passing and 250 rushing. What do you uh, attribute this, uh, this turnaround to, Coach? I, uh, I, I like the... Uh, besides, hey, wait, Les. Yeah. Besides the great players you recruited. <laughs> besides the great players you recruited, what do you attribute this to? Well, I... Uh, no. Danny Etling is is in in the groove that he, you know, that he would predict it to be in. In other words, we expected he when he transferred from Purdue that he would be this style of quarterback he is. And uh, um, you know, they had a they had a uh, some really nice play actions that, that got some big time plays for him. And um, I uh, I liked how Danny's Danny's in the groove. He's running the team better. And then. You know, that, that team can rush the football. 250 yards rushing is a tremendous day rushing the football. And 350 passing, it, it lets you know that it's, it's going to be a dominant, dominant game. And what's happened to A&M is, is the real question. A&M has as talented a team as there is, but they could not match um, this, this uh, LSU team. And... Uh, uh, I think there's a. Uh, I think I think his team is going to get better and better. I think I think they should. I don't know what bowl uh, slot they have just picked out just yet, but uh, I would I would guess that after that third game where they played poorly in one, two, and three, and then they really got on a roll, including beating a very very talented Auburn team, but beating them at home. Um, I think that I think they're playing their best football at this time, which is exactly what you want to do. You want to go into what would be your bowl season, uh, playing your best football. So uh, I, uh, 
Yeah, I think I think the uh, I think it's a talented team, but I think they're doing a great job coaching. I think Coach O and, and that uh, uh, that group is is got them going. Well, whenever you you get better as the season goes along, right? That's a it's a tribute to obviously the players, but also the coaches, because as you said, you want to be peaking uh, and playing your best football in November, and and that's. Uh, that's the mark of a good a good coaching staff and, and players who buy in and and want to get it done. So. Yeah, they may they may have run into a an A and M team that knew that a coaching change was was imminent, and it it, right. it, it that did not help the A and M team you know prepare and and mm-hmm. look to uh, you know so we win the game so we're at we're at Tiger Stadium and we win the game so what's that really do? I don't know. I don't know if that saves the uh, the coach's job. I don't know if that uh, stops the the uh, coaching change. I'm I'm not certain. So. Well, they uh, they made a change. So uh, so yeah, they, that was that was kind of hanging over A and M's head all year long. It seemed like that uh, that conversation. So. Well, thanks, uh, John Wangler, and uh, for another. Uh, Great uh, Less Is More podcast and uh, Smacker Miles for her short visit. And uh, there's a lot of very, very good football left to play. Thanks, Coach. Look forward to next week. And uh, it's great so many people are talking college football these next couple weeks between the, the playoff games and the coaching carousel. A lot of excitement out there about college football. Uh, please uh, check us out on iTunes. Uh, leave a voice message and a question. And uh, we'll, we'll get that hotline cranking, and uh, your, your uh, question will end up on the air. 833-LESS-MORE. Hey, look forward to next week. Come be with us. And have a great day. The Players Tribune.com.